So we're going to shift now to a slightly different conversation. We're going to be talking shortly with Father Anthony Egan, who, as you know, often chats on the show. And uh, much of the time, Anthony has quite a reputation, certainly in our office, but I know amongst many who know him for being kind of quite an academic. And yet he really has a a, a very good pastoral edge as well. Um, I, I always, I always enjoy those moments where Anthony allows his his softer, more pastoral, more contemplative side to the surface. And earlier this year, he and two others, he and Reverend Trevor Hudson, who's a Methodist minister, and Father Russell Pollitt, also of the Institute, together uh, published a book called Deepening Friendship with God, Daily Reflections for Lent. And we're going to be talking to Anthony shortly about this book. Um, just before we get him on the line, I wanted to advertise to all of you the book launch for this book, which will be next week, Thursday, February the 23rd, at the Church of the Immaculate Conception in Rosebank at 7.30, and all are welcome to that. And wherever you are in the country, you can contact the Jesuit Institute if you want a copy of the book. If you send an email to lent at jesuitinstitute, one word, dot org, dot za, or you can call us on 011-482-4237. The book costs 100 rand. Um, and it really is, it's a, it's a lovely guide through Lent. The way the book is arranged is according to the Office of Readings. So there are reflections for each day of the week, each one drawing on the readings of the day. So it follows the liturgy. And it's, it's really just, the book is really just a, a lovely way of getting into thinking about our relationship with God, thinking about deepening our friendship with God, inviting us to to a deeper, more profound walk with the Lord, which is essentially what Lent is all about. So just while we wait to get Anthony on the line, we're going to listen to another piece of music. So I know we were hoping to talk to Father Anthony, but we seem to be having some problem with the phone lines. So we're going to just do something a little bit different. As we are heading our way towards Lent this year, um, we at the Institute have been thinking a lot about Lent. And I think for us, kind of the core theme that's coming up is this idea of Lent really as a time, a special time of deepening friendship with God, deepening our awareness of Christ, deepening our friendship with God, really inviting inviting us into um that wondrous time of of giving us a space to be closer to the Lord. And I'm always struck by, you know, one of the things Lent remembers is the time that Jesus was in the desert. And for myself, when I made the spiritual exercises many years ago, the the prayer times with Jesus in the desert were were particularly graced. And I think it's because um, if we're praying, if we're imagining Jesus in that whole time of the 40 days in the desert, I know that in Scripture we get right at the end of that experience there's the temptation, there's the temptations um, that are offered to him. And that, that's quite a dark period. But, but he spends a long time in the desert. That's a real time of preparation, of silence, of solitude, of, of preparing, of being with the Father, of really, if you like, allowing that grace that was given at the baptism where God, the Father, says very clearly to Jesus, uh, this is my son, my beloved, allowing that grace to settle in him. And when we are praying the exercises, we are invited to, to pray with Jesus, to pray his life, to be with him. 
And in Lent, I think we're also invited a little bit into the desert with Jesus. And yes, there we may confront our own temptations, our own difficulties. That, that's very likely that seems to happen when we start praying. But we're also just invited to be with him, to spend time with him. So I thought it might be an idea just for a moment or two to imagine a desert scene. Now, I have never been to Israel. That has not been one of the graces that have been gifted to me. But I live in Africa. And so desert is not an unusual concept. It may be a slightly different kind of desert with different animals um, and different creatures in it. But I can imagine the desert, and I'm sure each of you can imagine desert as well. Just for a moment to to let yourself imagine uh, perhaps an early morning in the desert. You know, there's a great stillness, isn't there? And it's silent. There is the vast expanse of the desert. There is the texture of sand. I can remember as a child sitting in the Namib Desert in the evenings for long periods of time with my hands buried in the sand, in the red sand, just absorbed in the texture, the feeling of the sand. There can be a kind of clarity of scent in the desert. There's not much vegetation, there's not moisture, there's a dry sense, there's a dry smell to it, and yet in amidst the place, the rocks and whatever, one often finds kind of very small, quite um, sharp-smelling African herbs in the African deserts. Uh, and just to imagine that, to imagine the scent of the desert, the stillness, the silence. And that imagining of silence and of stillness, that speaks to something in our hearts, I think. That we are, we are created for community, we are created for intimacy, but we also need to take times of solitude. And it's in that solitude that we are able to hear God when we come to an inner stillness. And so to imagine this Lent, taking some moments to, to imagine yourself into the, into the desert, and then to to imagine perhaps finding Jesus sitting in the desert himself, aware of the, the scent and the textures around him, of the colors, of the beauty of the sky and the land. And what would it feel like to sit with Jesus? What would it feel like to, to allow him to speak to your heart? To speak about the things that deeply matter to you. In the book they've written, Trevor, who, as I said, is a Methodist minister and married with a child, he uses a story um, from his relationship with his daughter, and he talks about how something serious was happening in her life, and she was afraid of it. And he knew, without her telling him, that he was, she was afraid of it. But when she finally summoned up the courage to talk to him about her fear... That was a moment of real intimacy, and he uses it as a parallel for our relationship with God. On the one hand, we know that God knows everything about us. But to just kind of go, oh, well, God already knows about it, I don't need to tell him about it, that 
that misses something. As a parent, we often know what's going on with our child. Sometimes we also often don't. But we often have a sense when big things are happening. We know about it. But when they share with us from their heart, when they talk to us, when I share with my friend about the depth of my feeling, something shifts in the relationship and something shifts interiorly. And that's really the intimacy that God invites us to in prayer, to, to be vulnerable, to be open, to be honest, to talk about what's really going on, to share from the depths of our heart and to allow God to speak to our heart. So if you can perhaps picture yourself sometimes as Lent in that in the silence of the desert with Jesus. And what would you say to him? And what would he say to you? Uh, depending on what kind of your person you are, you might sit on a rock with him or you might go for a walk or you might explore some crevice. What would you do with your friend? And to do that, to spend a few minutes, some days in the week, just being in prayer, letting God speak to your heart and speaking to God's heart so that you can really allow space and time for this relationship with God to deepen. And then when you kind of feel like that has come to an end, to, to perhaps end by saying the Our Father or the Glory Be, some prayer that marks for you and for God that the conversation in a way comes to an end, although echoes of it should resonate through your day. So I invite you to that bit of contemplation on the desert and on Jesus this Lenten season, and also to this commitment really to the commitment to allowing Lent to be a time of deepening friendship, deepening relationship with God. So just to remind you what I was saying earlier, next week Thursday, any of you who listen to the show are most welcome to come and join us, the Jesuit Institute. We are being hosted by Rosebank uh, Catholic Church, the Church of the Immaculate Conception, on Thursday the 23rd. And uh, that's at 7.30 in the evening. And we're launching our Lent book for this year, Deepening Friendship with God, which has been written by Father Anthony Egan, Trevor Hudson, and Russell Pollitt. And uh, the cost for the book is 100 Rand. And if you want to know any more about it, you can email lent at jesuitinstitute.org.za. Now we're going to move to a piece of music. We were listening there to Sing to the Mountains by Bob Dufford. Well, we're coming towards the end of today's show. We've been thinking a little bit about um, the Pope's intention earlier with Father Rampe. We've talked a little bit about Lent and where we might be going this year. Um, for those of you who are interested as well, the Institute is offering a day retreat on Ash Wednesday. Um, I know Ash Wednesday is a Wednesday, so you do need to take leave if you're working. Uh, it's at the Jesuit Institute, 15 Molsey Road, Auckland Park, if you're in Johannesburg, but also in Cape Town we are offering it. Um, and if you're interested in that, again, you can email us at lent at jesuitinstitute.org.za to find out a little bit more about that. As we come to the end of the day, I'm really, I'm really struck by this idea of um, of prayer that Father Rampe was talking about earlier, and the sense of prayer um, and action coming together. Many, many years ago, when I had a, 
uh, a spiritual director, retreat director who is Dominican, uh, Sister Elizabeth Albert. Um, some of you may have known her because I know she did a lot of spiritual direction around the country um, and retreat work. And Liz used to talk about the, the, the whole role of love in the life of a Christian. And she used to talk about apostolic ministries. So apostolic ministries, all the stuff we go out and do. And to, to be apostolic, one does not need to, to necessarily be involved in a big way in, in, in doing things. My, um, at my children's school on a Friday morning, the, the children in the pre-primary are encouraged to bring a sandwich, which ideally they would have made with some adult assistance. And then once a week, um, Meals on Wheels comes by and picks up the sandwiches and takes them and does something useful for the homeless with them. Now, what's that? That's apostolic ministry. That's a practical form of apostolic ministry that that someone as little as a child can do. And I mean, I often chat to you about how my children challenge me about apostolic ministry. They don't use that language. But in the car, they challenge me about what are we doing about this person that we drive past every day. And we drive past, you know, we drive the same route every day. And in fact, the people who are in trouble, the people who are on the margins of society, they often remain the same. So, so my son has a particular relationship with one woman who has her baby and she and he, he sit on the side of the road and the children refer to that as Thomas's lady and they get very excited when they see Thomas's lady with the baby and we have discussions about do we have things in the car for Thomas's lady with the baby and do we need to pack things in the car for Thomas's lady with the baby so that there's a sense that they know this woman is likely to be there she was there yesterday she's likely to be there tomorrow it's it's likely to you know to to kind of be an ongoing part of our lives and i love the fact that they are thinking ahead even though they're little they kind of can see this is part of what it it is to be christian is to be caring for someone who who they relate to and you know that's a very simple example of of the call to love the call to the common good and we as adults I, I'm often struck by, when I'm stopped by people in the car, I'm struck by my ill-preparedness. And I, I do think that there's something lacking in my faith when, I, when I'm stopped at the side of the road and I'm ill-prepared. I'm not prepared to greet this person. That there is an opportunity for grace, as, um, as Pope Francis talks about, that wherever there is a crisis, wherever there is brokenness, there is an opportunity for grace. Uh, and that we really need to respond to those because that is in itself a place to engage with the Lord, to engage with Jesus who is in the the eyes of everyone that we meet because God is waiting, God is, is there. So somehow in, in all of this, I think that's what the Lord is inviting us to. The Lord is inviting us to be reflective, to be aware, to be conscious, to be thinking about how we live and to be putting a little bit of, maybe a little bit of extra effort into it. You know, I was struck, I was uh, reading the PAXA statement um, recently on the minimum wage. PAXA gave out a statement and in there there was a statistic that was shocking that the difference between the average worker's wage and the highest CEO's is about 541 times. You know, that's a massive amount. 
that we know that we live in a world that's got and in a country that has you know really huge differences in in earning potential and in life potential and in in what we can do and i think there's something of an invitation here to well what is my response in the situation what can i concretely do that will help that will help others how can i look at the people around me really and see my brother my sister see my christ in the other person so i thought as we came to the end of today i would i would give you a a piece a favorite piece of poetry that i, I really love that i think holds some of the challenge maybe that we we want to go into the rest of the month with picking up on that that theme of of praying for the afflicted so it's by hopkins uh, for those of you who don't know he was a victorian poet a jesuit and it's just a little bit out of a poem that doesn't even have a title. It's, it's a sonnet known by its first line. Uh, it's called As Kingfishers Catch Fire. And he says, later in the sonnet, he says something about we look, we go to Christ, Christ to the Father through the features of men's faces. That's the line I wanted you to think on. Christ to the Father through the features of men's faces. There's this lovely image he uses of our our looking in the faces of our fellow human beings. And what do we see there? We see Christ our Lord. And our invitation is to follow Christ, to go with Christ to the Father. And so on that note, on that kind of note, I invite you to really come to the end of the show with me to ask God for the grace that this rest of February, the rest of February, I may see Christ in the people I meet on the side of the road, in the people I work with, in the people I encounter in my home. Sometimes it's more difficult to see Christ in my nearest and dearest than it is to see Christ in the stranger, and sometimes more difficult in the stranger. But to see Christ in each person I meet, to trust that God loves each one, that they each have their own innate dignity, and to ask God for the grace of, it really requires a grace of generosity of spirit, that I may see Christ in the other, and therefore desire to, to serve the other. And so we come to the end of the show. I want to thank Kenny very much, who's been helping me run today's show. It's been a little bit chaotic. Something's clearly gone wrong with the telephone line somewhere or other. We, we've been battling to reach Father Anthony this whole time, and that hasn't happened. And uh, so... Maybe we'll chat to him another time about his book. I'm sure we'll we'll talk to him later. And just a sense of thanking you also, all of you who listen to the show, and asking you to pray for us and to join me in prayer, asking really for this grace of seeing Christ in each other. And so I say,